Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. So who's ready for the word today? Wow, I got a hard crew. So who's ready for the word this morning? Open up your word with me, if you would, to Joshua chapter 5 today. Joshua chapter 5, we're in, uh, we've been in Psalm chapter 23, and we're going to go there in just a moment. But if you would, turn to Joshua chapter 5. We'll be going there in just one moment. I just want to remind everyone that on August the 22nd, right here, that's a Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning, we're having our next Legacy Track. If you are uh, want to know more about Legacy Church, you want to know how we operate, how we function, you want to know uh, our check and balance systems, you want to know um, our, how we flow uh, with leadership, you want to know about our beliefs, our core values, you want to know more people, you want to get plugged in, you want to serve, which we hope everyone uh, will. Um, you need to be at Legacy Track on this, uh, on the 22nd at 10 o'clock right here. And uh, all you got to do is go online to our social media sites or you can go onto our app and you can register you and your family for do, uh, for that for August the 22nd at 10 o'clock right here. So be sure you do that before you leave today. We'd love to have you here. We'd love to have you part of the family. We'd love to have you serving, uh, enlarging the kingdom with us. I want to take a special moment to say hello to everyone who's watching today. Let's say Legacy, let's make some noise for everyone who's watching online today. Our online family. We had some little technical issues at uh, our 10 o'clock service. We're streaming live right now. So we thank you so much for being flexible with us and tuning in. Be sure you like and share so we can help spread the word around our nation and around the globe. I'm going to start reading in Psalm chapter 23. Then I will go to Joshua chapter 5 in just a moment. We've been here for the last, this will be our fourth week. And it starts off and it says that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm giving control to you, Lord. In verse 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're going to verse 4 this week where it says, Yea, Yes, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Today we're talking about in the middle of the mess. And in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, we see Joshua here is entering into a next, uh, a next chapter of his life because he is leading the Israelites now. And the word says in Joshua 5 verse 13 that it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, no. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now 
come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals off of your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Just to review here, as I started to mention earlier, that Joshua is entering into a new chapter of his life, entering into a new chapter of his leadership. Uh, just to refresh our minds here, Joshua has been leading uh, the nation of Israel for five short chapters here. Six chapters ago, Moses passed away and ordained him to be the next guy to, to, to pick up the mantle and carry it on. Moses, uh, Moses had, uh, had a quite a long run with the Israelites. The word says that Moses died on Mount Nebo when he was 120 years old. And I love the verse about Moses that, that talks about whenever he's passing away. This is one of my favorite verses about him as a person where it says that he was 120 years old and the word said that his eyes were not dim nor his vigor diminished. At 120 years old, he still had his sight. He still had vision. He still had some vigor. He still had some passion inside of him. At 120 years old and before he passes, he lays his hands upon Joshua and he says, you're the guy. You're going to take this nation to the promised land. And then shortly after this transition, here we are five chapters later, Joshua finds himself coming upon this challenge. He's about to go into a battle. He's about to be on the battlegrounds. He finds himself coming into this transition, and it's going to be a transition that really uh, proves him to be the next leader, because being a leader, as you know, is not easy. Can I get an amen? Being a leader, especially in this situation that we are in as a nation, it is not easy. When I, I, I don't understand why anyone would want to be the president of a nation. I don't understand and while someone would want to be uh, the, the, super, the school superintendent, the way everything is going on, because so many times whenever you are a leader, you find yourself in these nobody wins situations where it feels like no matter what is happening, uh, you, you, you will not make, uh, the, the, it's, it's just hard to make the best out of it because no matter what you decide, someone is, is on the opposite side losing of this thing. And leadership is hard because you're making those decisions. But the word says that to whom much is given, what? Much is required. So if you want your leadership to grow, guess what? There's some battles that you are going to have to go through. Amen. If you want your business to grow, your ministry to grow, there's going to be things that you've got to walk yourself through. There's going to be some, there's going to be some valleys like we're talking about today. Uh, the death valleys where you've got to get through to see, to see the growth in, in, in this. It, it, leadership is hard. It is, it is not easy. And here is Joshua here five chapters later, and he's going into a very defining battle. This battle is going to define him. It will define him for his future. It will define him for the rest of the people who look up to him uh, uh, as, as a leader. They're going, the critics have come out. They're going to see, is this guy Moses? What can he do? Does, does he have the wisdom of Moses? Can he make it 
through this? Can he hold up? I know he's been in battles, but can he get us through this by himself? It's going to be a very defining moment as he is in this situation. And all of a sudden, he finds himself on the battlefield, and he sees what he thinks is a man, and he runs into this man, but the word says that this was a heavenly figure. And if you really start studying, a lot of theologians really feel that this was the Lord because of some uh, future conversations in the way that the worship happened compared to the way worship happened with angels in other scriptures. But they said that this really was probably the Lord here with the way everything comes out. So this is, this is, the mis- this is a mistake that Joshua made that you don't need to make in your life because Joshua was in the middle of a battle and he runs to what he thought was a man. But guess what? It was the Lord. A question that I have for you today is can you recognize God in the middle of your situation? Do you have what it takes to see God in the middle of your battles? Can you see him whenever you are in the middle of a situation because we have this problem in our culture and that we've come so uh, practical and caught up uh, in the hustle and the bustle of issues and situations that we get so caught up with everything trying to make the decision do I send my kid to school do I do homeschool we get so caught up with all of this stuff that we cannot see that God is standing in the middle of the situation amen he is standing there and if you want a victory, knowing and identifying God in the middle of your problem is one of the best things that you can do to get a victory. Knowing that he is there, identifying him. See, because when you can find yourself in the middle of a challenge, when you find yourself in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a problem, the first thing that you need to do is find Jesus right there and recognize that he is in the middle of the situation, that he's in the middle of the problem. And guess what? Not only is he in the middle of the problem, guess what? He was in the problem long before you knew it was a problem. Amen? He was there before you before you knew of the situation. Guess what? He was there before you even realized that, that your relationship was heading south. Guess what? God was already there before you realized that your dream job was actually a nightmare. Guess what? God was already there working something out. God was in the middle of the mess before before you ever stepped into it, guess what? But he was just waiting for you to notice him. Amen? He was just waiting for you to take note that he was there. Joshua's not the only person that messed this up. If you know in the New Testament, in the New Testament, people were still messing it up. They were running to the wrong person. They were not seeing that Jesus was in the middle of of it all. There they were, the disciples on a boat. It's storming. They look out. They see a figure and they ask, who are you? Who is this? But it, guess what? It was Jesus. When they recognized that it was the Lord, the winds stopped. And recognizing God is with you is the first step for you to get a victory in the middle of your valley. So you need to write that down. If you want victory, the one of the first things you need to do is you need to recognize God is with me. God is in the middle of it all. And it's so, I really like this. This shows the humor of the Lord. Joshua runs up to this figure. Are you for 
me? Are you for us? Are you for our adversaries, our enemies? And doesn't this sound like a bunch of us? We don't know who God is for. God, are you for us or are you, are you against us? God, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? God, are you Baptist or are you Pentecostal? God, what are you? We're trying to figure him out and we're trying to make him take sides. And Joshua was here. He's like, whose side are you on, Lord? Are, are you for me or are you for my enemy? And I love that the Lord says no. I'm not for either one of you, but as commander of the army, I have come. The Lord said, neither. I'm not for you. I'm not for your enemies in this situation. Doesn't that sound interesting? If you need a victory in your valley, number one, we just said, was recognize that God is there in the middle of it. And, 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 and I really want you to understand, number two here that we're talking about, is that God was here and God was saying in this verse, guess what? It's not about me being uh, for you. It's about you being for me. Because so many times uh, we, we, we fought this battle together, but now this battle is not so much about me being for you. This battle is for me to see, are, are you with me? Are you for me, the Lord. It's not about God being for you. He's already in the middle of it. It's about you being for God. In other words, it's like he's saying, guess what? It's not about God being about your agenda. It's about your agenda being about the Lord's. Amen. It's not about, it's not about you minimizing God into your little goals, but it's all about you understanding that this test is training. It's about understanding that this problem is leading to a promise, that this valley is actually trying to get you to victory. It's all about us getting down on our face and just get crying out before the Lord and asking the Lord, how can, what can we do? What can we do to be a part of what God is doing? He was in the middle of it all. He was already there. And if you can understand this, this could change your life, that the thing that you are actually up against, it is not so much about you. It's more about are you for the Lord? How many battles have we been facing that God has allowed us to go through? That God is trying to see, are you for me? Yeah, I'm for you, but are you for me? Are you for me? We, we say it all the time, and we were singing about it, and it's true. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord. The battle's not mine. It's, it's the Lord's. And so many times, this is where people lose victory because all of a sudden, they start saying that the battle is the Lord's, so that means that I can sit here and do a whole lot of nothing while the Lord is fighting. But just because the Lord's just because the battle is the Lord's, that doesn't mean that we don't have to show up ready to fight. Amen? But because the battle is the Lord's, he's inviting us to take part of that. He's saying, I'm already in the middle of it before you are. You, I know so much more. It's not even entered into the heart or the minds yet of everything that I can do. I'm already there. And what it means is that victory that you are seeking, it's not your victory. Guess what? It is the Lord's victory that he's just a allowed us to be a part of. Amen? He's already in the middle of it. If he's in the middle of it, why are we stressed about it? If he's already in the middle of it and the Lord and, and the battle is the Lord's, why are we acting out in stress and strain instead of strength? Wow. There are so many people that have been here today that are watching online, that will listen on our podcast throughout the week. They will listen to it, and they've been operating in stress and strain. 
They've been so stressed and strained. And when they are so stressed that everyone they come in contact with, it's like stress and strain is just seeping out of their pores. And whenever they leave, guess what? That person is stressed and strained because they've been around your stress and strain. And you're sitting here, I can't can't see God in the middle of this whole school thing. I can't see God in the middle of the pandemic. I can't see this. And all of a sudden, you start operating out of stress and strain when God is trying to get you to operate operate knowing he's in the middle, which means he is your strength. What happens is you realize that he's in the middle of it, and it's not all about you, but it's all about him. And I've got a promise for you today that I've shared with everybody today. This is a promise, and you can write this one right here down. It's not a whole bunch of revelation, but guess what? The promise is you will not beat the devil with what you can do. You don't have enough inside of you to beat the devil. If you go to, if you step in the ring with the devil today, just you and the devil, and you're not prepared and the Lord isn't with you, he will give you an uppercut. He will knock your lights out. He will take your breath away. He will knock you down. It will be a TKO. He'll do the stinger splash on you. How do you remember the stinger splash back in the 90s? He'll do the macho man Randy Savage on you. Oh, yeah. He'll do the Hulk Hogan on you. He'll do all of those. He'll do the figure four on you. He'll do all of those things on you. If you step into a battle where the Lord is not with you, and it's just as dangerous to step into the battle and not see or take note that God is there with you. It's so dangerous. And all of a sudden, whenever we start operating in this, we can see a victory because all because, because what you have inside of you is not enough. Your core strengths, knowing your strengths and your weaknesses is not enough to fight a, a spiritual battle. Knowing, knowing and having an understanding of your Enneagram number and what your wing is and where you go when you're weak and what you do when you're strong is not enough for spiritual battle. But you doing the same thing that you've been doing for the last five battles may not get you through this battle. And here Joshua was realizing what he needed to win this this monumental battle in his life. And what it was was an encounter with the Lord. And Joshua is standing here in chapter 5 and he looks up and has an encounter with the Lord. Why do you get up on a Sunday morning? Why do we have people that get here at 7 o'clock on Sunday morning? Why, 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 why did you get dressed this Sunday morning when everybody else is probably laid up in their, in their uh, pajamas still? Why, why did you come to church today instead of taking it out on the, on the green, hitting some balls around? Why, why, why did you do that? Because you need an encounter with the Lord. Amen? You know you need time with the Lord. You know you need to see him. You know you need that encounter with him. You know that you need it. And Joshua is here, and he has an encounter like never before. The Lord looks at Joshua pretty much in modern-day terms and just says, Joshua, look, bro, I want you to understand something. I know you're in the middle of a battle, I know you're in a battlefield, but guess what? The place where you're standing, in the middle of your doom and gloom, 
in the middle of this pivotal moment, the place where you are standing, you see a battle. I see holy ground. Take off your shoes. Joshua was standing on a battlefield, y'all. There was nothing holy about the place. He was not in a cathedral. He was not in a synagogue somewhere. There was no altar. There was no table for the shoe bread. There was no communion going on. There was no stained glass windows. There was no steeple. There were no pews. There were no altars. There was no prayer bench. There was no inner courts, outer courts. There were no holy of holies. He is standing on the middle of a battlefield. And the Lord says, guess what? The place where you are standing right now, it don't look like it, but it's a holy place. It is holy ground. Take off your shoes. And I want to ask you a question. I want you to get this today. Do you have the ability to see a holy moment in the middle of a battle? Do you have the ability when things are going crazy, do you have that ability inside of you to step back and see, say, I see the Lord in this. It feels like a battle, but I see the Lord because you got to understand that whenever you can see holy ground, whenever you can see a holy moment in the middle of a crisis, that's, guess what? That separates greatness from mediocrity. Whenever you can see this is an opportunity for God to reveal himself, whenever, whenever this whole pandemic hit, I, I was telling people, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity right here. When, if, you, if you have the ability to see opportunity in the middle middle of chaos, in the middle of mess, guess what? That is what separates a warrior just from a fighter. And what you are going through right now or in your future is God trying to give you an opportunity to experience him. But first, you've got to notice him. What about all these battles you've been trying to fight? You blamed it on the bank. You blamed it on your ex. You blamed it on your boss. You blamed it on your mortgage. You blamed it on a kid. What if all of these battles, it has simply been the Lord trying to get you to see him? Wow. What if all of this has been just the Lord? You thought it was the devil trying to kill you. Don't give the devil all the credit. Because we know that God will lead us through battlefields for a holy moment such as this, just so we can see him, just so we can hear him. That's what God wants to do. And here he, here he was in this opportunity, in this moment, in this holy ground moment where God says, look, I know you feel like you're in a battle for your life, but guess what? This is a holy moment. This is holy ground. And you've got to get to the place where you say, you know what? I don't care what it looks like. This is going to be a holy moment for me. Why? Because I'm going to encounter God right here in the middle of this valley. I'm going to encounter God right here on the battlefield. I'm going to catch a revelation of the kingdom that I've never been able to catch before. In the middle of this chaos, I'm going to learn something Something about myself that I've never noticed before. And whenever you take notice that God is there and that he is with you, he can turn your situation into a sanctuary, into the perfect opportunity to see him. In the middle of it all, how 
do you see God in the middle of a mess? The Lord said, Joshua, take off your shoes, bro. If you want God in the middle of your mess, take off your shoes. In other words, take off your earthly things. Take off your earthly attitudes. Take off your pride. Lower yourself with humility. And whenever you do, you will see it. Because guess what? I can, I can probably speak for you too. But speaking for myself, some of my best moments, some of my most transformational moments, as, as, as many great moments as I've had in the church, as many moments where I've just laid out in the church, as many moments if I've spelled, I, I have seen just the Spirit just, just, just lay everybody out, as great as those moments were, some of my most personal transformational moments, guess what? have not been inside of a church. Well, but it's been when I was all by myself and I felt like nobody knew my name. It was when I was all by myself, broken, but all of the sudden, in the middle of my brokenness, I caught a glimpse of the Lord. It was in the middle of my brokenness when I was crying out to myself, not knowing how I was going to make it. When I was in a dark room all by myself, but in the middle of it, guess what? I caught a glimpse of the Lord. It was a holy moment. You may have been there. Whenever you lost your job and you were standing in the unemployment line and all of a sudden while you're standing there with embarrassment, you stand there and you just felt God whisper to you, I've got you in the palm of my hand. It was a holy moment in the middle of chaos. You may have been there if you've lost a child. You may, you may have lost a child in your womb, but guess what? In the middle of that mess, you just felt God speak to you at peace. Why? Because he took that battle and turned it into a moment. It was a holy ground moment. You may have been with a relative who was dying in the hospital. You were weeping and mourning but all of a sudden, guess what? All of a sudden, guess what happened? It was like something came into that room and you caught a glimpse of the Lord. I was in the hospital one time with a dying man. It was the most beautiful sight I have ever seen in my life. It makes, it makes what hair I have stand up on my head because the man had not been awake for months. Actually, it was, it was, it was for a week, uh, for weeks, it was almost a month. He had not been awake, and all of a sudden, guess what? All of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, everything shut off. All of the all the equipment started to beep, and he raised up, and he had a smile on his face, and he held his hands because he saw somebody coming to get him, and he laid down and died in that moment. Guess what? It was a moment. It was a moment of sadness that turned into a moment where I saw the Lord. And guess what? In your darkest moment, in your darkest valley. If you will just look and see Jesus. Wow. It's a holy moment. God can turn your mess into a holy moment. If God can turn the dirtiest sinner into a saint, God can turn your dirtiest moment, your deepest valley, your largest concern into a holy moment, into a holy moment. When you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, 
and you realize that you were actually standing in a moment where God was trying to do something with you, that he was trying something greater inside of you, and you take off your shoes, and you take off your ego, and you put on humility, and you realize that although it looked like a battlefield, that although it looks like Death Valley, God is declaring it a holy place for you, and it is where you are about to encounter him, and it's where where he turns your situation into a sanctuary, something clicks. It's called victory. Our scripture says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I was with Rome middle school teachers, and I was reading, I was speaking this verse over them. It's going to feel like you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. When all those angry mamas start texting you because they thought you made the policies. They thought you made the rules. They don't understand it. Everybody's stress and strain. Guess what? You just got to say that the Lord is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. I said, whenever you're walking down these hallways, teachers, you just need to, whenever you're feeling like overwhelmed, you just need to say, the Lord is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. The worst is yea. Y-E-A. Yes. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But listen, something happens and it says, I will fear no evil for you. The Lord is with me. All of a sudden, a verse about death, just it changes. Everything shifts. Everything changes. Everything moves. It says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. It was a moment like no other. It was a pivotal moment. It was a catalyst moment where everything just shifted, where he realized it may look like a valley, but the Lord is with me. It may look like I'm about to die, but the Lord is with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Listen, if you want this valley to be a victory, if you want your problem to turn into promise, you've got to be able to see that God is in the middle of your problem. And yes, I'm walking through the valley. Yes, I'm walking. Yay. Y-E-A. Yes, I'm walking through the valley. But guess what? If you can get to that place where all of a sudden everybody else sees death, but I see the Lord. If you can get to the place where everybody else sees divorce, but I'm going to see a marriage that is about to blossom. Everybody else sees death, but I see the Lord. Whenever you can get to that place, you're, yes, I'm walking through the valley. Yay, I'm walking through the valley. Whenever you get to the place where you can see the Lord in the middle of a situation, all of a sudden your little yay turns into a yay. I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm walking. Y-A-Y exclamation. Yay, I'm walking. I'm not going to die here. I'm going to live. I'm going to prosper because yay, I'm walking through this thing. Yay, I'm not going to die here. 
Yay, I'm walking out of this. Yay, nothing is going to steal my joy today. Yay, nothing is going to steal my peace today. Yay, I'm going to make it. Everybody else sees death, but I see life. Why? Because yay, the Lord is with me. Can you thank the Lord today that he's with you? Can you thank him that he is with you today? Yay, the Lord is with me. Would you stand upon your feet with me today? Yay, the Lord is with me. Whenever you get to the place where you can see Jesus in the middle of it all, it turns from yay, yes, I'm walking, to yay, I'm going to make it. Because the Lord is with me. Yay, I'm going to make it. Because the Lord just turned my mess into a holy moment. The Lord just turned my mess into a holy moment. Yay, the Lord is with me. I'm just going to kick off my shoes here. Because guess what? You see a valley, but I see a victory. You see a situation, but I see a sanctuary. Yay, the Lord is with me. You just bow your head with me today. The Lord is with me. Will you just say out loud with me, say the Lord, come on, say the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. His rod and his staff. Say it, say his rod and his staff. They comfort me. The Lord is with me. The rod is symbolic of leadership, which is authority. It says, my authority is with you. My staff, which is what the shepherd holds, he corrects the sheep. He brings the sheep together. He pulls in sheep to him. It's like, it's like the shepherd's heart. He said, not only is my authority with you, but my shepherd's heart is with you. And if you could just see me in the middle of all of this mess, there's a victory. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Church podcast. For more information, visit LegacyChurchRome.org.